While Ollie Gordon had one of the greatest performances that any of us have seen in quite some time, and the defensive line did okay, we shut down the run with the number six ranked rushing team in the United States of America, but we got torched quite a bit on the back end. Is this cause for concern with the secondary, or is this just a little bit of a KU scenario? You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things Cowboy and Cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stopping by. You can find us on every single podcasting platform. If you do, hit us up on Spotify and Apple. Make sure you drop a a little, uh, little um, maybe a five-star rating, maybe four-star, whatever it is. And then, obviously, visually on YouTube, find me personally on Twitter, at State. So we got to talk about some of the offensive side of the ball. Now we're going to talk about some of the defensive side of the ball simply because Brian Nardo has been a breath of fresh air this entire season. This is two years in a row where up until this this latest couple games, the only adjustments that we saw were defensive. But Brian Nardo let Jason Bean put up 410 yards on him with five touchdowns. Is this cause for concern? And we're going to bring in a, a guest, a buddy of mine who's been on the show before, who loves to dive into some of the, the film stuff. So. Ladies and gentlemen, OT Tom back in the building. How are we feeling today, my guy? Well, I tell you what, Cody, thanks for having me on. Uh, probably the last time you'll have me on, depending on how it goes. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I'm feeling good, right? I feel like the team is making improvements in the places that they need to make improvements on. Would have loved to have seen it in week two or week one, but hey, it is what it is, right? Or last year. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> last no, last October, November. That, that there you go. Yeah, there we go. Okay, there let's go. let's not bring that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother man, um, yeah, obviously, you know, you, you like to dive into the film side of things, and we've been talking a little bit about some of the defensive abilities that we've been able to show now. Holding them to 90 yards rushing was pretty impressive. I'm okay at times with kind of overloading the box and being a little ultra aggressive. I'm fine with that. Now, to me, and obviously that's why you're here because your opinion is very valued valued in this assessment as well, but the biggest glaring thing defensively from this game to me was KU found something in the K-State film that led them to believe that the most exploitable guy we had was Trey Rucker. Trey Rucker in coverage seems to be an issue. So is this a, a figment of my imagination, or is or is there some validity to the fact that Trey Rucker is just not built for coverage, buddy? Well, I don't think it's quite so simple because, you okay. know, trying to, trying to contain KU's run game, it actually may be one of the most innovative offenses or different offenses that we're going to face uh, in conference play this year. I mean, oh, really, 100%. Um, yes. it, it's, yeah. it, you know, it's a different beast, right? I've looked a little bit at West Virginia and what they do. 
it's pretty basic compared to what it KU is. does. I mean, you, you right. have to really be on spot. And of course, the absolute most complex position are the for for the defense or the safeties because they're the ones that are getting bamboozled by, you know, very athletic quarterbacks. Very, you know, the linebackers too, but the linebackers are they're they're a little closer up on front. And by the way, it wasn't just Trey Rucker as well, right? Everybody's running around. And particularly when you've got somebody like Bean, he's fast. He's hard to, t- you know, the guy is, you know, and Gendy talked about this in, in his post game. You know, he's running around for four or five seconds. I mean, he's a nightmare to contain. And then he's actually pretty good throwing thrown on the move and so eventually yeah. somebody will somebody will get a little separation and yeah maybe it was trey that got hit but he wasn't the only one that got hit either right yeah you, you obviously you can't be in coverage forever uh, the wide receiver always has the advantage in a scramble drill but you're right you have to have somebody that uh that, that can pull it off jason bean can absolutely do that but that's kind of reminiscent of what we're going to get out of Garrett Green. Garrett Green is an athlete before a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? I think that's, that's pretty pretty visible. That was even visible last season. So Garrett Green does offer some of the same issues that, that Jason Bean prevented, which is, I think, why this is partially right. applicable, because whatever that we did in the KU game, West Virginia is going to be intelligent to attempt to exploit those areas, which is, right. again, kind of what, what, what I'm asking uh, in your personal opinion. The safeties have been, I wouldn't say so good, but they've been pretty good. In your mm-hmm. opinion, was it just the, the, the crazy, fun, sexy eye candy that KU provides that, that made things a little bit too well, it, it, it's It's more than just eye candy. You know, that, that triple option and, and all the very, very athletic uh, skill players that they have, I, you know, those guys, they're a nightmare to coverage. I went back and I looked at the Houston – West Virginia game and you know a couple of things stood out one is West Virginia at least the offense in that game and I haven't gone back and watched all their games it's actually a lot more vanilla it's a lot more it's a lot more like what we might run right it's not you you know it's, it's not a triple option type thing they've got that 240 pound running back they have a 240 pound tailback now he hasn't really torn it up this year. He's he's their leading rusher. He's got, he, but he's only got four yards per carry, right? But then, like you said, their number two rusher uh, is Green, the quarterback, and he's you know I took a couple of notes on this, and um, you know he's their leading rusher he, or the second leading rusher, and so he'll he'll scoot and he's very aggressive and very quick through those holes. If you create some, some green field in, in the middle of the field, he, he's, he's taken off now, but they're not the complex offense that we, that we saw with KU. So, right. And also I don't think green is on the level of beans athleticism. You know, I think, and by the way, I don't know, is, is Colin Oliver going to be back? Right. Um, you know, I, I think Oliver could reel in green, whereas, um, you, you know, with Bean, with KU, Bean's really fast, right? He's like defensive yeah, back yeah. fast. So right. anyway, those are just a couple of thoughts watching the watching the Houston game. We're a different team than Houston, too. I think we have a lot better defense at this point than they do. 
Yeah, the ability to make adjustments for Nardo is something that I don't, I'm not particularly stressed about. But but again, it, it is mm-hmm. worth having the conversation simply because when you give up 410 yards and a quarterback you know has the ability to score five touchdowns, typically that that seems to be a, a massive glaring issue for a defense. But I'm kind of with you here, man. I think that because of how crazy, innovative, and realistically just good the, the KU offenses and the designing the play calling and how they get the numerical advantages right and they find way to mm-hmm. find ways to isolate linebackers and things of that nature West Virginia is a little bit more just uh, cut and dry right this is what we are we're going to try to come after you a little bit mm-hmm. more than you're anticipating and, and it caught us last year in Stillwater in the rain the physicality right. of West Virginia's defense was something that I don't know that we were necessarily prepared for right um so we, yeah, we, man. we also dropped a lot of passes. We yeah, so and we just kept throwing. We could just kept throwing in the daggone rain, man. We just we just kept throwing. It. Well, it didn't make any you sense. know if you remember Rangel last year, he was hitting the receivers in the hands, and you know we had a lot of you know ten, fifteen, twenty yard balls that that dropped, you know yeah. they, they were dropped and it was rainy and uh, i don't know maybe rangel's got too much spin on the whatever right but uh or the, or the guys stayed up too late or had a bad burrito over at the chow hall who knows <laughs> you never you never know you never know right and 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 and, and tom give me a, a second real quick speaking of never knowing because you, you kind of know my, my situation where I was one of those people that decided I'm going to wait till uh, my, my, my limb's going to fall off before I go to the hospital. Don't be that guy. Don't be Cody. Go check out Jace Medical. What they're able to provide the 24-hour emergency services for the medications and, and things that you need, no matter what's going on in life, right? There's a lot of things that are crazy with the supply chain and the difficulties of getting medications right now. There's unrest all over the country. The fires in Hawaii, hurricanes, tornadoes in Florida. It doesn't matter when you have Jace Medical. The Jace case is a personalized medication for emergencies. It's a kit that contains the essential five antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can customize your case as well and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens and dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that fit you best for you and your family. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, Jace is the way to go. So make sure that you get yourself hooked up right now with Jace Medical. All righty, buddy. My my concern, I guess you could say, with I, I, I guess just some of the bad habits that we've been able to form but get away with. Right. So whenever whenever I, I talk to you about this kind of point, I didn't necessarily give any any bulletins on you know what to go over or anything because I wanted your your honest feedback. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go real quick and, and then you can piggyback and go wherever you want. My thought Great. process here was what I keep seeing in film, and this is even back when we were doing the rotation of madness, is our ability on primarily curl routes and stop routes for the tight ends and the underneath slot guys to be wide open all the time. And we mm-hmm. miss them all the time. Why is it? 
that Josiah Johnson is only utilized in the first half, and he's only utilized around midfield. I just I, I don't get it, right? Bowman did a phenomenal job with checkdowns in this last mm-hmm. game, but virtually none of them were to Jos- Josiah Johnson. I just I don't get it. Even Braden Cassidy. Braden Cassidy's known more for his blocking, but he had some stuff out of the backfield where it's like, oh, crap. Well, he's wide open, too. Why do you think Alan Bowman just I don't I don't I don't get it, man. Why are our tight ends wide open on a continuous basis? It's like we're we're holding out for something. Is it just not part of the read? Does Alan Bowman not see it? Does he not look that way? What do you think the yeah. deal is with that that man? I don't know what the reason is, but my take on it is um, he figures out who he's going to throw to, and then that's just sort of who he goes to. Now, in you know, in the game last week, he chose to target Brennan Presley. Okay, that's mm-hmm. a smart thing to do. Yeah. You know, more right. power yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, and we've seen him, you know, fixate on um, Rashad Owens and then also on um, Jaden a little bit on Bray. And, and of course, Stribbling, Stribbling, he was he was on. And by the way, none of those guys are bad guys to focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, right. you know, I would say I, and then Ollie Gordon. So it was BP and Ollie Gordon. Those were the two guys that he fed the most. Um, those aren't bad guys to feed. But, you know, we have a lot of skilled players that are very, very good, you know, and some of those guys can take the top off of off, yeah. off of defenses. And, you know, BP can too. Obviously, Ollie did. Um, but, you know, they, they're, they're running those, you know, shallow underneath routes normally when they get the ball. So they've got a lot more defense to, to make their way through. Personally, when I saw that, that double pump to – uh, Brennan Presley, and you mentioned it in your your film breakdown earlier today. Uh, why did why did double pump? I mean, it was is he trying to tell the safety to to uh, you know converge on Presley so we won't get any yards, right? I, I don't know. You know, it's just stuff like that. He seems hesitant to me. And Dude, there was another there was another double pump. Um, it was in the second, it was in the second half. It was on the, I, th- I believe it was on the last drive going into halftime mm-hmm. and he read the coverage right defensively because we had one wide to, um, the wide side of the field all alone. And then that safety crept in, right. And, and kind of mm-hmm. got into the box area and that out was, was open, but Bowman knew where he was going before the, the, the ball even came. Like you could tell he immediately right. was going to that right side because he saw that man coverage collapsing. And, you know, yeah. he, he, he thought that it would be an opening and maybe it would have been if he wouldn't have double pump. Why double pump when there's nobody else on that side of the field? Just throw the ball. Taken out? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I got you. and you know, he, he had two almost pick sixes. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were they, they literally hit, you, you know, the cornerbacks in the hands and those would have been gone. Right. Yeah. Because both he cornerbacks, his... Melo Dotson and um, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. He had two of those. And that would have that would have absolutely changed the game. Now, at the end of the day, Bowman played well. Right. His stats are yeah. good. He he didn't throw any. Inter- none of them were caught. There were no interceptions. Right. right. So all that's yeah. that's good stuff. 
Um, yeah, that that <clears throat> it's to me. He looks rusty, right? He looks really rusty. Still, yeah, yeah, and, well, and you know, and not very confident, and not very confident. You know, and he may still be playing where he knows that, you know, if he throws two picks in back-to-back drives, and let's say Rangel or Gunner trot out there, he may be done, right? Because, you, you know, we've talked about this, and I've shared on the podcast, I think, you know, I'm not quite sure why he's a starting, starting quarterback, right? Because one, one well, Crawdaddy well, Bowman, Crawdaddy Bowman, right? You know, so one thing I went back and looked at, and we had we had uh, you know traded some notes. I think it was on Twitter, and I went back and counted the number of times he threw the ball over ten yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah you know how many? Yeah, you know how many times it was. Um, I'm gonna guess sixteen. Four. four times. Four times. What? Four times. Past 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. Oh, that he now, threw past 10 yards? He threw the ball, traveled past. Well, unless they were throwaways. Now, when they're throwing away, he can heave it up into the 30th yeah. row, right? But <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of the quick stuff, huh? So it was all the extremely shallow. And so the first one that we saw, it was a deep throw, and I think it was about 20 yards into the air. It was an end zone shot to Presley. I believe it was on that first drive. And Presley, our shortest receiver, was bracketed by the, you know, two safeties. I mean, they were all over him. Uh, You know, they were all over him. You know, you could argue that was not a good pass selection and then it actually wasn't close enough for any of them to catch it anyway so it didn't matter um but then there were two more incompletions to presley one of them to be fair to bowman was the no call holding on presley right so that it was a crossing route but it was 10 yards past the line of scrimmage and then another one was to owens owens which by the way the ball was late if he would have thrown it you know, at the to where the ball was there at the break, Owens was open, right? So, I, I you know, I assume somebody said, "Hey, stop this deep ball stuff," right? Which, you know, Clint Shelf talked about it in in his uh, assessment. I believe it was last week, right? Which is, you know, whenever you throw those deep shots and you don't even get them close enough for the receivers to make a play on them. Right. It's a wasted play, right? So now, and typically he would do that on first down. And then now, you know, we're going to give the ball to Ollie and it's, it's second and 10, right? And so now, now we're, now we're behind the chains, right? So yeah, that, that was a little disconcerting. Literally I only counted four balls that went past the line of scrimmage. Now he's backed up 10 yards. So some of them were, you know, 18 yard passes. But if you Dude, look at from line of scrimmage, that's the thing that, that even in our times of disagreement, we've always been able to come back to why does this dude backpedal 15 yards? It, because there's a massive difference when he stays in the pocket yeah. and when he's bailing. And here's the deal. Like, I just, I do not understand 
why he does not move up into the putt. Sometimes he'll hang in it. Yeah. He never steps up when the A gap well, open. And Cody, in your show earlier today, where you did the detailed film breakdown with timestamps and stuff, you yeah. know, the offensive line played very well against KU. Yes. Right? Yeah. So yes, there's yes, no yes, reason yes. for you know the phantom flush. It's like who's he running yeah. from, right? And <laughs> you know, and part of it is yeah, okay, maybe he's gotten a, a little gun shy from getting injured and uh, he's had you a, know, lot, but a lot. Of some of the poor offensive line play early in the season, but you know he's a six-year dude, right? It's like he's a the reason we have a veteran in there is so they don't make some of those fundamental mistakes. One hundred percent, right? Well, right. and here's the deal: like Gundy loves his veteran guys. We all know that, yep. and clearly, what is happening right now, and the reason I would say that Bowman is the quote-unquote clear guy. Is because Gundy trusts the seniority. He, if we are doing some of the the Michigan style formation stuff, which is a breath of fresh air and amazing, mm-hmm. and the scripting, he trusts Alan Bowman to get the script done. And the last two games, Gundy and Bowman script have been right. remarkable. So they've been, I'm okay they've been with really that. Good. The problem is after scripting, yeah, he, he's just. He's not very reliable, man. And, and you, you do feel like right. the red zone deficiencies, if we don't score from outside of the red zone, these field goals are going to kind of, you know, jump up and bite us. And it is going to yeah. be what it is. Um, I, I've, I've got some stats up on the other screen. Let me, uh, and one of them is the red zone efficiency. Um, I like that. All right. Well, here, give me, give me one second here and let me yell at, yell at everybody um, about uh, our second sponsor of the day, which is going to be eBay Motors. Y'all, you know, you can't get to the game or get in the game if you don't have the right parts. eBay Motors has the eBay guaranteed fit that's going to get you the right fit guaranteed. Guys, with over 122 million parts, you got to get everything you need from roof racks to exhaust kits to LEDs and what your, your, your superchargers, right? With the guaranteed fit, if it doesn't fit right, every time you get your money back. You need to be burning rubber, y'all, not cash dollars. With all the parts that you need, all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP. Bring home the W. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, go there now, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. See, you guys are, are special. You're, you're in the know when it comes to eBay Motors. All right, buddy. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and, and drop it on us. You know I'm a, I love it. Yeah. We have conversations all the time. Me and Tom talk about this. This is amazing. So, yeah, go ahead. Fire away, buddy. Well, yeah, so, and I'm going somewhere with this, and I think we're we're both already there, which is um, if you look at long scrimmage plays against conference opponents, rule out the others, and, you know, Southern Alabama would make us look even worse probably, but then, you know, Pine Bluff or, the Arkansas school, you know, would have padded our stats some. Anyway, just looking at conference, <laughs> you know, our long scrimmage plays, we're ranked eighth, so we're right in the middle from a ranking perspective. Um, we've had 48. The benchmarks in the conference are TCU at 85, Texas at 67. They have a lot more long plays than we do. 
Um, West Virginia is not a big concern for us there, right? Um, because they're, they're actually last in the league, which has me think, I think our defense is going to be fine against West Virginia. I think they're going to be easy and I think it's going to be straightforward to scheme them right now, you know, and I don't want to pick just on the, the passing stats, right. Um, but let's look at the long passing real quickly, which is, you know, TCU's got their they they've got 56 10 plus yard plays right um, Texas 48 Oklahoma 37 uh, we're right there with Oklahoma Baylor Iowa State and Oklahoma State right there, there's gotcha. a pack right there between 30 and 35 right right uh, so we're we're not too bad on those long passing plays now the concerning thing for me is like I said in that you know in the last game we only had four passes where the ball traveled 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. Well, they're playing a I, lot of quarters coverage too, though. I mean, that, that does play a little bit into it, but yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm tracking. Well, I'm tracking. Well, and, and where I'm going with it is if you look at what West Virginia is going to do, they've got a big circle around uh, Ollie Gordon, right? And it's oh, like, yeah. if we don't stop this guy, we're done, right? Yep. Yep. And then they probably have a circle around BP, maybe around BP, yep. Owens, right? You know, so yep. that leaves other weapons for us. You know, does, let's have break. I'm waiting, on, I'm waiting on Josiah's big day. Josiah Johnson, right? What about, you know, are we going to see Cassidy get into action? That'd be a great thing, right? Yeah. But then also, agree, yeah. what about Bray? Let's just take the top off, right? Now he's supposed to be that guy, but man, he's had butterfingers like crazy this year. He's had butterfingers, you know. Nixon, he'll take the top off as well. And then part of it is, part of it is Bowman's not very accurate with his long balls, right? Sometimes they're beautiful, right? Yeah, correct. I'm going to guess he's like like one out of you know one out of five is a beauty, right? Over the shoulder, catch it in stride, beautiful touchdown, you know. Hey man, yeah. did you did you hear my um so my, my thought process for Alan Bowman was if you if you merge Dax Garman and Taylor Cornelius, you, you kind of got a kind of got a little Alan Bowman in there because D- Dax could only throw the D ball. Like that is that is the right. only thing he had. Um and then Taylor Cornelius, sometimes he'd pick you apart, sometimes he'd drop a nice deep ball, but sometimes he'd overthrow it by 12 yards. Right. And it's like, well, I okay, could see that. Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense here. All right. So well, now, now that the only, sorry, just one last thing on that. Yeah. Kind of shooting your, your comparison up a little bit. Okay. Dax was not particularly mobile. Cornelius was very mobile. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, Bowman may be the least mobile quarterback in the big 12 this season. Yeah. And event, <laughs> And then also, when he is mobile, his accuracy goes way down. Right? He can't. He can't. You, like you mentioned the the Presley. Uh, well, there was the one play. Yeah, where where uh, they blitzed, and Owens got behind all the receivers, and he's jumping up and down. It's like just dump the ball over the top. Yeah. yeah. Right? right. And it, yep. you know, would it would it would have stung him on that blitz that they it doesn't pulled, have right? to be perfect. Right. All right. You know. So, and that would, all right. 
all hail Alex Hale, but we've kicked 10 field goals in the last two games. Luckily, we've made eight of them, which is putting him, put him one of the top uh, in, in the country, and he's like top th- top four, maybe top three scores in all of the Big 12, right? So, again, all hail Alex Hale, but, man, all these field goals are just – they make they make me scared. But the last thing I'll ask you, right? Mm-hmm. Does this give, do you have the feeling that we're growing some momentum for a pretty good sized bedlam? Or do you think maybe it's too early to get excited about maybe, maybe sending them out with an L? Still too early? Or are you ready to start drinking the bedlam Kool Aid yet? I, I, I think the team, the momentum, the, you know, gelling, the playing together is. Uh, looking good. You know, we did have a couple of defensive breakdowns on coverage. You know, one of them was that funky left tackle eligible receiver thing. Right. Can't really blame the guys for that. That happens. You know, one right. of them was, you know, Daniels let the tight end go. And then the other one was, you know, McKinney. McKinney actually had really good coverage. They just made the play. Right. And so it looked like broken coverage, but he was right there. Um, it, you know, OU looks really good at, you know, they'll, they'll pick us apart. They'll take advantage of any of those, uh, those issues. I'm, I'm actually, my fundamental concern is I don't think without stellar quarterback play, we can't beat OU. And well, I don't, we'll I don't building that momentum, buddy. We're going to keep building it. We're going to get it there. Right. We will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't think Bowman can do that. I don't think Bowman could put the team on his back and, you know, make a deep ball throw and then, you know, make the right reads every time. And, you know, I mean, he's still shaking off rust. And, I, you know, I hate to be critical of him because he actually played pretty well. But, you know, you double pump to the open receiver to pull the safeties onto him. Why would you do that? Right. You know, it's, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then they then the receivers get blown up. Right. So, um, you know, and the accuracy. A lot of times it's pitch and catch, and the accuracy is pretty – you know, he hangs the receivers out to dry when it should just be an an easy toss for him. But anyway, yeah, I'm uh, perhaps a little negative on that. I don't think we can beat OU with Bowman as quarterback, to be honest. I mean, it's going to take a couple Superman performances, you know, but we're going to have to have some of those on defense too, right? Um, we're going to have to have Kindle or Colin or somebody have an all-league type of day on the defensive side of the ball. I, I'm kind of intrigued about the UCF game. UCF's kind of a shell of a roster at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But maybe getting John Rice Plumley back will do something. I, I'm not super confident, but you, you never know. All right, buddy. All well, right. Um. You know, I greatly uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're going to have to kind of maybe make uh, make this a thing simply because I love the way that you do y- your analysis type of stuff and the things that you see. So I greatly appreciate it. And I know that sometimes you're a hard man to track down. It took quite a while. So, um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative. And, and again, dude, it's just, it's just proof that <clears throat> as long as you bleed orange, Right. There's a multitude of ways that we can all potentially think what's best for Oklahoma State at at the end of the day. But 
What matters is mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding. It's on the field. And if you're seeing things that are correlated directly to performance and it can be better, I just want to make sure that we're, we're always trying to, to reach that next level. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's all we want. You know, we want to, we want to play for national championships. That's a high lofty goal. We want to play for conference championships and win them. And of course we want to yeah, be yeah. winning Bedlam. Right. But for sure. And we want to beat Southern Alabama too. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. But yeah. It's all good, brother. Just, just hey. because we're Just because we're talking about Bedlam doesn't mean you should go off living in the past too. La, nope. calm, calm down. It's it's over with, right? Right, right. That was it's a different good. team. That's a different team played South Alabama. Man, I I actually am super excited because this will be a big, big test your metal, right? If we win yeah. this game, there's a legitimate conversation of Oklahoma State at least making the race to Arlington interesting. If we lose, it's going to be a difficult proposition. If we lose against West Virginia, uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to be much of a factor, I don't think, just because we'll right. have two losses. But I if agree. we beat West Virginia, uh, we're right there in it. Maybe even with two losses, if we dropped another game, say, to, to OU, we may still be in it because, you know, really the rest of our schedule, Houston, UCF, I mean – we had yeah. to win those games, right? Yes. And and yeah. looking at them, I think we will. I think we'll beat West Virginia, right? I think we'll beat them by, you know, maybe a touchdown. They're they're a good team. They play good ball. They are. Yeah, but I like you know, it. I think we beat them. I don't see any reason. My only concern about the West Virginia game is, um, I think there's going to be enough tape now on Bowman, um, to where people are going to be able to start scheming him. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. I like it, man. All right, buddy. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you. I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go at least pretend to be productive uh, uh upstairs in, in the kitchen. All right, buddy. All right, Thank brother. You very, very much. Thanks, Cody. Go folks. Tom. Yes, All sir. Right. And and we'll definitely we'll do this again. Make sure we'll bring Tom back into the fold because I do like other people's perspective. Obviously, the analysis side of things. I guess you could say when it comes to film and diagnosis, I'm kind of a nerd in that area. Not to say Tom's a nerd, but he's kind of in that department with me. So I greatly appreciate his time. You know I greatly appreciate your time. You know I love you. As always, God bless. Go Pokes. Stay tuned for all the guests and craziness that we have coming up throughout this week. Thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen. Here on Locked On Oklahoma State, you could be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. All right, y'all. Later, taters.